0: What is up, everybody? This is the Two Guys Drinking Whiskey Podcast. My name is Neil. I'm Christopher. We are Two Guys Drinking Whiskey. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. We discuss and drink whiskey. Everything from bourbon to rye to scotch to Irish whiskey
1: to any other whiskey. What else we got out there for whiskey? I don't know, but I don't even think we've done Irish whiskey this year yet, have we? not on purpose. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Anyway. We'll get there.
0: Anyway, thanks for listening today. Um, We are going to drink some bourbon whiskey today. What do we got? We got some
1: 1792. Not just any 1792. Not just a small batch.
0: They got so many different variations. That's one of the cool things about this brand that I've noticed is they have, they've, they've got a good portfolio.
1: I like how they say everything besides the small batch is limited edition, and they they have a bunch of different ones. They do. Single barrel, full proof, bottle and bond, fucking sweet wheat, you name it. I guess maybe that's
0: true because you don't always see every variation they have out there. Yeah. But the small batch is definitely a staple, I think, in any liquor store now. Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen Texas leaders at 1792. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. It's just an—it's exp- the larger bottle of the smaller one. It's exactly the same, like build to it and everything. And it looks kind of cool.
0: It's a big—it's a yeah. cool looking bottle. These bottles look cool. We were talking about earlier. They kind of got that Art Deco vibe to it yeah. with the font and the gold top and just the shape of it. They're just
1: really sexy looking bottles. Yeah, this is what Dick Tracy would have drank if Dick Tracy existed with his cool watch and stuff. Does he have a cool watch, Dick Tracy? Yeah, you could talk into it. I used to have one when I was a kid. I have a watch I can talk into. Um. Well, I know, could, I
0: know Dick Tracy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you remember the, the the movie Dick Tracy? It's all coming back to me yeah, now. Yeah, because they had they had like the flat top was one of the bad guys and everything else, and Dick Tracy had the cool watching talk into and.
0: I was getting mixed up with Inspector Gadget.
1: Yeah, no, I wasn't an Inspector Gadget kid. He was like was too perky.
0: He was like part robot, like mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. skates for legs and shit like that.
1: Go-go Gadget penis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> watch out, ladies. Anyway, so we got. We got the 12-year today, and we also have a delicious store pick bottled and bond as well. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with the 12-year just because it's a little lower on the proof range. It's coming in at 48.3.
1: And if my memory serves me correctly, this is a little bit more delicate after it's been sat in that bottle for 12 years. I think you get a little bit more of the the light fruitier notes out of it. Um, I do know this is the second bottle I've had of this. And I would say that the first bottle that you acquired for me last year, maybe, or it could have been the year before. It was a couple years ago. It was a couple years ago. This this bottle is really like the first rare, or I'd say this is kind of semi allocated around here, or even probably allocated around here because it is. You'll never see it any most most of the year. This is kind of what turned me on to the whole hunting for different whiskeys. Didn't turn me on the whiskey, but this is kind of like the first. Like rare bottle I've ever owned. Really? So. Cool. Kind
0: of bit you and gave you the fever to mm-hmm. try to find rare bottles. Because, yeah, I don't know if this is, this isn't really highly allocated, but it is a, it is limited release, like kind of like they claim it is. Right. Because this came into the store and it's so good, the value of it. It's 50 bucks, I would say. Mm-hmm. So it came in, people bought it and it was gone.
1: Yeah. Any <laughs> Anything that's good is allocated around here, honestly. It's- that's true. All right, you gonna you gonna tell us about the whiskey and tell us about the uh, the Old Barton Distillery where are you at? I I just want to taste it
0: first. All right, okay. I want to start drinking. Abuse it. I can use it. It mm. smells really good.
1: Yeah, I get I get a lot of the rye like the mintiness this coming is, out of it. This is a high rye
0: mash bill. Mhm. A mm-hmm. little bit of the mint. Yeah. Nice sweet notes. Traditional
1: bourbon notes. If I was a blind nose this one, I would say it's a rye. I wouldn't have never guessed it's a bourbon cuz I think that mintiness is coming through so so Prevalent for it me. does nose like a rye. It's got some legs too. Yeah, S- sticks to the glass real nice.
0: But what does it taste like? Let's find out. Ooh, that is delicious. That was an intense first drink. It kind of caught me off guard. It's warming. It is very
1: warming. But it's got the sweet. It's got a lightness to it. It's, it is oily, but it's still like a refreshing. So contradictory, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's there's there's something about it. It's bold and light and
0: sweet and delicate and heavy all at the same time.
1: No, I just got a text <laughs> message from neighbor Joe. So if you if you guys don't know, neighbor Joe, he has to quarantine for two weeks before he goes off and goes and practice for his uh, wheelchair rugby sport that he plays. And so he, he, he just texted us crying. He's got the, the fear of missing out. Well, Joe, you're missing out on some delicious 12-year 1792 that just fucking drinks so smooth. This is really good. You've had this before though, Neil. Have I really? Yes. You tried it, the bottle that you got me a couple years ago, and you did not care for it. I couldn't remember if that was the bottle or not. You I remember did not
0: care for it. Something happened with 1792 back earlier on a few years ago when, like you said, we were kind of both getting into this journey right. of we loved whiskey, but we weren't really like out trying to find mm-hmm. rare, rare bottles and and we're like, oh, yeah, we know this really good bottle that you can get at the liquor store. And we would kind of go with that. But we weren't, like, really digging deep into.
1: If something fell on our laps, it'd be. Right. It'd be good, but we weren't out freaking searching for it at all.
0: And I think at that point, maybe I wasn't as. I didn't have the acquired taste yet for. Maybe even for this. Like, I like this now. Mm-hmm. This is really good. And I think we did a full proof on the show probably six or seven months ago with joe and we got pretty drunk
1: okay that was i still call <laughs> was, that the drunk show yeah because We're pulling shit off the shelf was it, that that one
0: yeah we just kept pulling like super high proof stuff off yeah. the shelf we just got <laughs> shitty drunk like we couldn't get joe up the stairs yeah yeah <laughs> it's a rough one i like
1: it i get a lot of the pepper off of it now after taking a couple of drinks just letting it sit get some pepper in the back so it's definitely drinking well it is it's a high rye but it's not like it's The majority of it's definitely not rye what's in the bottle because it's a bourbon. I don't
0: get as much nuttiness off of it as I would, like, say, a very old Barton. Oh, yeah, no. Which is coming from the same distillery because Barton is 1792, same distillery. They make very old Barton, along
1: with a slew of other brands. Mm -hmm. Did you know the old Barton distillery is the oldest distillery in the heart of bourbon-making country or whatever? (laughs) However they twist the words around
0: uh, it's a bold statement. They could be, which is older,
1: Barton or Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace is Buffalo Trace is older, mm-hmm. and how far like apart are they? I have no idea. How old is the old Barton Distillery?
0: So I'm gonna tell you right now. If you were to drive, these are an hour apart from each other. Oh, wow! So whatever, they can be the oldest distillery in Bardstown. We'll give them
1: that. I don't know if it makes it better being the oldest, but it's definitely good.
0: Here's the thing that always kind of like made me feel weird. Maybe know the answer to this. They started in 1879, but why is it called 1792?
1: Yeah, there's number a lot of numbers. Well, even if you read the the back of the next bottle, we're gonna do. Okay, it's 1897. There's a uh, a year on there. I think that's the other year, but 1792 definitely had to look it up. The year Kentucky became a state.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So. so it's it just pays homage to Kentucky.
1: Sure, why not. <laughs> Fair enough. R- r- ride that freaking, you know, ride Do that it. pony all the way to freaking far as you can get it, man. I'm at the end of my sample already. Damn, good ounce and a half, two ounces or whatever. It gets very light mm-hmm. once you get to it, and it's just it's like I said, it's refreshing. It, it it kind of reminds me of that. There's a little bit of mineral background. I really liked Whistle Pig. I was drinking some last night with a cousin, and that Whistle Pig's got that that mineral. I don't know if it's because of the water that they add or whatever. This has just like a faint, very faint background for that. And I love it. Like that it really draws me in. And when I think of like good high end bourbons and rye and stuff like that, if it has that, Mm -hmm. I'm drawn to it right away. Like the Widow Jane has it. Like that's I like it. It's good. That's cool.
0: Here's what it does for me. Now that I've had a few more sips of it and I'm kinda really getting my my mouth around it. I feel like it's it's good, it's woody. It's sweet. Everything is kind of right up front, and then it does dissipate quickly for me. Okay. Which makes me come back for more. Yeah. Which is nice, because it keeps you drinking.
1: It keeps you drinking.
0: Maybe because it's under 100 proof
1: that it does that? It's, yeah, it's it's hard to... it's It doesn't have a heavy, lingering flavor. Right. It's easy to forget that it's not over 100 proof. Yeah. Because a lot of stuff that we drink are... Mm-hmm. And this...
0: This has got a really good flavor, like you would find out of something that is more barrel string. and that's what really makes a good whiskey. Is if you can find something that's a hundred proof that drinks like it's one hundred twenty proof, mm. that's a that's a good value, right? Uh, 100 percent agree. This is a fifty dollar bottle that drinks like a eighty dollar bottle to me.
1: Yeah, this this should not this should absolutely not be fifty dollars in my opinion. This it, this bottle is worth. You know, I'd probably go up to the sixty some dollar range. Right. For and I think it belongs there. If this was sixty nine dollars, it would still fly off the shelf. Um, if you could if you wanted to, uh go to Cask Cartel and you could buy it. it's in stock for five hundred dollars. Nice. <laughs> Dickheads. Get going. You just look at the randos, you're looking at hundred and ninety bucks to five hundred dollars. Mm. Secondary market ish. Yeah. Fifty bucks this is a this
0: is a fucking buy
1: all day. This is a yearly buy for me. Yes. So the the bottle definitely won't last for the whole year, but every year when it comes back around, it's a repeat offender. It's a very classic type whiskey too for me. Mm-hmm. It tastes like a lot of the whiskey, like what well, if I can imagine like back when I was in my like twenties and stuff like that's what what I imagine whiskey should taste like. It tastes like it should. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, damn good whiskey, as Christopher
0: says. Mm-hmm. Let's let's switch to the bottle and bond now. Okay. We can always come back to the the twelve year. Can kind I of go a little back, C, fourth C with it? But now we have the bottled and bond, which it's not just the regular. It is a store pick from Starks.
1: Our friends down in Pradesine, I don't know who picked it. because there's, there's no other name on there, right? It's just Starks store pick. It's not like a bourbonized one or a. This is
0: just a uh, yeah, just Starks. Okay, so I don't know if they've gotten. Are they starting to do like? with groups where they're like picking barrels. Yeah,
1: I think that's the biggest thing right now is those the bourbon groups, the whiskey groups that hang out there in the the social worlds. Mm-hmm. They I think people are getting them to help them out with their store picks and I think because those groups have a following as well, it's easy to move product because if if I'm on a bourbon group and there's 200 people in the group, eight of us from the bourbon group do a store pick for Starks and we traveled down to Kentucky, do the whole thing. I mean, we're doing a shit ton of marketing for Starks. Right. This is all hypothetical. Yeah. So we're, we're doing a, a bunch of marketing for Starks, and, you know, if they're only looking to sell 230 bottles of their store picker, how many ever bottles that they got, mm-hmm. I mean... Within their own group, you already... They're probably guaranteed 50% sales right there without even have to worry about it. So it's a no-brainer. Yes. And they're going to sell the rest of the store. Right? And it's, I'm sure it's just a, the very basic standard markup, you know, 30% or whatever. Here it is. Get it out the door.
0: And it probably makes it a lot easier on the store owner, too, to not have to commit to having to pick barrels all the time when you've got a group of people who you know, are your core customers who are really going to do a good job picking something right. as well. Right.
1: Like it's like being in a club at a liquor store. It's like the Cool Kids Club. Cool
0: Kids Club, which Christopher's a part of and I'm not. Wear my varsity jacket.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the guys is down in Kentucky right now doing a pr- pick at, I believe, Starlight. So we're in the bottle and bond now. Just give it a little light sip. Yeah, this is more, the nose is more traditional bourbon for me on this one. Even though it is the high rye, I think I get a little bit more of the bourbon coming out of this one. Yes,
0: a little brighter flavor, a touch more heat. It is bottle and bond, which Mm -hmm. means it's going to be at least four years old. There's no real age statement on it saying it's four or six or eight or whatever, but we know it's at least four. Which in the bourbon world is good for me, I think. What, four? Well, it depends. I shouldn't really say that because I think, but the Kentucky bourbons and the stuff of that caliber, I think the sweet spot is kind of more in the 10-year range. But the four years are still good too. I think a four-year from Wisconsin is going to be much more deep and complex than a four-year from Kentucky.
1: I agree. I think the materials or the the raw product that goes into the Wisconsin type four-year whiskeys, I think they're a little bit, they come through a little bit more bold. They do locally, and I like that. It's um, it's more craft,
0: mm-hmm. and that's the difference between a, a huge distillery compared to what we see around here, right? Someone like,
1: who's putting a lot of love into each barrel, anyway. Back to the bottle and the bond. <laughs> um, it's kind of drying for my mouth. It's good, it's not so different than the 12 year. I still get that faint minerally background, but not as much, obviously. It's just a little bit, I'm not gonna say harsher, but it's got a little bit more of the. The alcohol burn to it, I guess you could say, on the tongue, but it does dry my mouth out. It does taste
0: younger. It does have a little bit more spice to it. Mm -hmm. They both have a dry finish for me. Oh, really? I think so. The 12 year, like going back to it and smelling the 12 year after sniffing the Ballonbon, you're getting way more of those good woody notes out of it.
1: I'm going to have to pour me some more here. Yeah. Way to talk me into it. (laughs) Dick. Twist that arm. So I bet you this this bottle, well, like I said, 1792 is fairly reasonably priced and i would say i probably paid right around the the mid 40s maybe for the for the bottle and bond yeah maybe yeah Um, i'd say it's it's a 40 dollar bottle yeah 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 and i think i've had their their store pick their sweet wheat uh 1792 down in starks too and that was one of my favorite ones okay so i've I've never had a 1792 that i have not liked but i would say that the 12 year so far is my favorite i enjoyed the 12 year more than the bottle and bond
0: Oh, it is, it is so good. <laughs> They're both really good. Yeah. They're fun to go back and forth with just to see that little bit of difference.
1: It's very subtle nuances in there. Very subtle. Because it's the, it's it, this is the same stuff. This is... Same mash bill. Yep. Yep. Same juice, just
0: different variations. So single barrel store pick, obviously, hunter-proof. The 12-year just has a much larger age statement, and it's probably blended with other barrels to get a more distinct flavor profile.
1: Which I'm starting to appreciate now. Otherwise, no, very very solid bottles. I think I wonder what the regular bottle, bottled and bond tastes like and if it's this good. Cause sometimes I I would say more often than not, the the store pick is exceptional. Usually is. Sometimes not so much, but I think they're both they're both damn good. They're both a buy for me. The right. the twelve year is a rebuy, the bottled and bond probably is not.
0: I think this this show has made me a believer. Like I'm definitely going to enjoy drinking 1792 now. Mm-hmm. But since you're talking about the whole like comparison of a store pick bottle and bond to a regular bottle and bond, let me ask you, Christopher. What do you think is more important to you as a person? Are you more of a age statement guy, or are you more of a single barrel? kind of guy because thinking about the two, if you're getting an age statement, like this goes this goes more into like probably the bourbon realm than it would be of the scotch realm because when it comes to scotch, everything is kind of cut and dry, single malt. It just comes down to age at that point, right? And then maybe well, they, they
1: do a lot of blending, though.
0: Yeah, maybe. But, well, that's where the twelve year comes into play. There's going to be a lot of blending that comes into play with with the twelve year. Okay, like just because it has a twelve year age statement, it doesn't mean everything in there is twelve years, right? It's just a minimum of twelve years, right? But it's blended to fit a specific flavor profile, right? As where a store pick is a single barrel, which is going to have a very unique profile. What do you think would be like your ultimate go to?
1: Would I want the age statement? Or or the single barrel. The single barrel. Ooh, that's tough. Okay, so single barrels, I don't think you're going to get a ton of consistency out of. So it might be fun to get like the barrel 831 iteration and compare it to the ba- barrel 832 iteration that comes out. And I know a lot of the higher end scotches, for instance, they'll definitely put which barrel it is and all the other fun stuff along with it. Yeah. And just seeing if there's subtle nuances, like the Henry McKenna single barrel, um, the one that won all the awards, must have been very exceptional, and then it kind of made it all take off. The age statement, wow, I go back to Whistle Pig, and anything that has an age statement for those guys, I would argue some of it's probably blended to be at the age that it's at. It's kind of a loaded question. I think it'd be (laughs) more fun, the single barrels are more fun, because I think... It's kind of a a gamble. You might not always get the consistency out of it where the age statement is about the consistency. I'm with you on that.
0: It's more of a crapshoot of this single barrel is good for one person, is it good for another? Mm -hmm. It's, It's specific to a certain palate. It could not be for the other. As were, I think, an age statement, you're getting a definite guarantee of this whiskey has been aged for this long. And you know it's been given this certain amount of care. Mm-hmm. And so you know that whatever brand that is, it's always going to be that good up to that
1: point. Right. Let, let me turn the question back on to you quick then. So if you were to spend, so I, I'm giving you $300 yes. to go to the grocery store. Are you going to buy a $300 age statement or are you going to get a $300 single barrel?
0: At $300, an age statement is going to play a very heavy factor. Yeah. Just because that's a bigger gamble for me. <laughs> you know, like if it's like, oh, here's fifty bucks, you know, you can buy this store pick or you can buy this this 10 year or this 12 year or this 15 year. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, we're kind of like focusing in more on like the, the bourbon realm. Because right. when it comes to scotch, age statement is is way more prevalent there. Yeah. You're not looking at single barrel picks and you're not looking at store picks and you're not looking at blends as much. I mean they do blended scotch, but when it comes to an age statement that's huge right you know what you're getting for when you pay for a 25 year scotch mm-hmm. opposed to a
1: 20 year scotch or a
0: 15 year right. scotch or a 10 year scotch
1: or you are you go through a company that knows what they're doing so like the alexander murray you're gonna mm-hmm. buy their 20 year scotch because you can trust yes in their opinion well even
0: the alexander murray stuff that we did in the last show that stuff is so that's that's kind of a barrel pick mm-hmm. yeah for me yep.
1: I think yeah it, it, is. it, it absolutely is
0: like it's it's maybe not a specific barrel pick, but it's a it's a lot pick. Like he's mm-hmm. picking these barrels to do exclusively a one off, which is I believe that's kind of like the Scotch version of a American store pick. Sure, it may not be one barrel, but it's at least enough to produce this amazing product to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think definitely uh, for the price, if you're if you're just talking like fifty bucks, I think your store picks or your single barrels are going to be fun to. The try, like, oh, yeah, I'll spend that money on that. But if you're getting over 100 bucks, you're going to want some assurance of quality, if you will. Right. I don't care what you say. I think when you get up to like at least a 10 year, especially for a bourbon, so we're drinking the 12 year today, like you getting up in that price range, you're probably going to have something good. Yeah. There's not many 10 year bourbons that suck.
1: Yeah. Can you pick any? I can. I'm trying to think. Have you tried the Bird Dog 10 year?
0: No i haven't either and I, <laughs> I probably
1: won't try it to be quite honest with you but
0: that's one that i just won't buy yeah like if somebody had a bottle and like hey can i get a few ounces of it i would totally do that just to do a comparison mm-hmm. like to like an
1: eagle rare tenure because it's kind of like that same it'd be a good comparison for me because i don't really care too much for eagle rare
0: you don't re- really really wow definitely not my favorite that's a go-to for me every time mm-hmm. that's like the quintessential bourbon
1: right and for a lot of people it is Mm -hmm. for sure i I just think it's interesting that this 1792 age statement for only 50 dollars, though but that's why the secondary there it's fair priced secondary market just absolutely bends you over but
0: so if this was a regular release that they did it would probably fall in the same as like how eagle rare is not easy to find sure like it's either there or it's not and if it's there it's not there for long cuz right now Eagle Rare is going to be about that same price range like what used to be a $32 bottle is now turning into a 45 50 Oh at bottle. least yeah like I get people asking about it like oh hey I found this bottle you know would you would you buy the Eagle Rare for for 70 bucks like no absolutely yeah, not no. <laughs> like I'll give you five other ones to buy mm-hmm. if you got that kind of money to spend I actually had a guy Hit us up on Instagram, and he was asking. He found a was it a Bland? He found a Weller 107, and he was asking because it was a hundred bucks. Ooh! And he's like, "Hey man, I found this bottle for hundred bucks." He's like, "Should I pull the trigger on it?" Weller 107 is very rare. It's gotten more and more rare, I think, as the years go on. I was like, "I wouldn't touch it for for that price, but maybe I'd buy it for seventy just to have it." Because it is, it is so good, it is so rare, it's gonna be hard to pick up at regular store price, I think at this point, unless you really hunt for it.
1: What if you've never had the opportunity to ever buy a Weller, ever in your life, and you've been looking for them, and you find the one for $100, and you're like, well this is my opportunity, do I pay the extra 30 to $40 more from what it's worth, just to have it, to say that I have it, would you do it then? That's what I
0: told him. I said, "Hey, man, if you really want to buy it and you really want to go for it, if you really enjoy it, like he's tried it before, like if you, this is your one chance to own it, maybe spend the hundred bucks." Sure, me, I would not because I have a bottle at home. Mm-hmm. But if it was me, knowing how good it was, and this may be the only time I'm ever going to get a chance to buy it, right? Maybe a hundred bucks. Sure. I've spent a hundred bucks on a lot worse whiskey, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. He did also tell me that he just picked up a blanton's for a hundred bucks too, so. And I told him I was like, I would i I, I would buy a Weller one oh seven over a Blanton's for a hundred right. bucks any day. Yeah, agreed. Like if they were on the same shelf and it was like you have to buy one, hundred bucks, I would I would pick yeah. the Weller.
1: Did you say what state he lived in? California. Uh that's probably why. You can find a lot of the shit out there, but it's all uh, High price, but cost of living is higher too. So
0: I think finding stuff out in California is just as hard as it is to find in Wisconsin.
1: Really? I wonder. I wonder if they get allocated more just because there's more money that flies around there. Easier to sell, maybe. There's more people to buy it though, too. Yeah. Well, some people sell through companies in California as well that allocate that ship it out to the rest of the United States online. So I wonder if they have a more lenient liquor industry out there. Hmm. It's kind of like the hub for a lot of the online sales have to go through places out there.
0: I think for California, you're going to see a lot more of these rare bottles in your restaurant sure. and bar setting, opposed to just like a, a standard liquor store.
1: Well, I don't ever plan on going to fucking California. I don't live there. That, so. I don't know either, so yeah. I got a sure. buddy that lives there. I'll freaking hit him up and ask him.
0: It's fucking expensive living in California. Yeah, no thanks. And you got to deal with that fucking governor and shit like that? Fuck that. Not a fan of the ocean either, so... No? No. Nope. That sunshine state? Yeah. I tell you what, today we are living in the sunshine state.
1: Yeah, I know. Freaking 50 degrees in Wisconsin. It's like... uh Wisconsin is beautiful today. It's like 90 anywhere else in the world. Everybody's outside riding their bikes. A lot of motorcycles out there. T-shirt and
0: shorts for a lot of people. A lot of shorts out mm-hmm. there today. I think the mm-hmm. high today was 51. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> 51 <laughs> degrees. And people are just out there loving it. Me included. I actually... Hit up Christopher before I came around. I'm like, dude, we should do the show from the garage. Like, kick the garage door open. Let's get that, like, fresh air coming through.
1: Yeah. Pulling random people that walk by. I'm like, hey, come here. Try this. Like, hey, I'm 12. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Time to be uh-huh. a man. <laughs> There's a little kid that... Two little kids that are picking up trash. They probably... I don't know how old they were. Maybe eight years old or something like that. One little kid is walking around in a t-shirt and shorts. And they have these little grabber things. <laughs> and we're, we're sitting there kind of just creepily watching them my wife and i are just sitting there like, they're picking up garbage yeah just in random people's yards and stuff like that I was like oh that's pretty cool that's pretty cool and then there's a piece of trash that freaking flew across the um street because it's kind of windy today mm-hmm. and it's kind of like rolling like a tumbleweed a piece of plastic or whatever my wife's like "Ooh, ooh, i wonder if they're gonna see it and it's true sure as shit this little fat kid just turns around <laughs> he sees it and like oh my god you would think it was christmas and he just got a freaking like the the best freaking present ever you know <laughs> He, he looks at it and is like the the very like cartoonish like Bugs Bunny and or whatever. Like his legs started moving before you see the carrot. Yep. Yeah, he, his legs started moving before the rest of his body did, and <laughs> his feet were going, and then he took off. Oh God, it was freaking hilarious. We were just dying. So what do people do in Wisconsin when it's nice outside? What do you do a weekend
0: when it's nice in Wisconsin? You go to the world's largest water park city, which is Wisconsin Dells. Yeah, isn't that funny? That, there's Wisconsin's claim to fame for a water park. When so we were random. kids, did you go to the Dells when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. I think most kids, like in once the, or twice, sure. in the Midwest did. I grew up probably not even an hour away from right. there. So every summer, like you went to the Dells, like Wisconsin Dells was the place. There was Noah's Ark, there was Family Land, there was all these really crazy water parks, which was cool back in the day when you were a kid because that was it. Now that I am a forty-one year old man going to the <laughs> Dells, it's a whole other world. There is indoor water parks, there is attractions, there is arcades, there is shopping malls. Strip clubs. There's always been strip clubs too, oh, okay. which was was a thing back probably in my later twenties. But now it's like I don't want to go to a strip yeah. club. Especially with the kids, you know, and the wife and all that stuff. It's so them in the car. Babe, I'll, just give me 10 minutes. <laughs> give me 100 bucks in 10 minutes. Yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> there is this place called Knuckleheads mm-hmm. that we went for our son's birthday because he turned nine. And we want to do something nice. Like, oh, yeah, let's let's get out of town. Let's get a hotel. Let's go to the Dells. Mm-hmm. So the knuckle- they have this virtual reality yeah. thing there. With the guns. Which was pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Except for our son Julian is just turned nine. And we did the zombie one. Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, just so you know, it's kind of freaky. Well, about five minutes in, Julian, I heard something like hit the ground. And like he he threw his gun and took his helmet off and, and ran off. Because <laughs> it was kind of like these zombies like come running at you and you got to shoot them yeah it is it, it was it was cool but yeah he wouldn't do the zombie one again
1: no oh god poor kid but man like
0: you would think like like covid is not a thing in the dells right doesn't exist no yeah like we felt weird being where we were wearing masks well, we did not feel weird we felt like like it was just like a fucking free-for-all yeah like everybody's just on top of each other and everybody's pushy everybody wants to be
1: everywhere everybody's rude did they make people wear masks there no, because there's there's no like true mask mandate in Wisconsin, not enforceable. No, no, people didn't give a fuck. Yeah, like
0: there was people wearing masks, but like all the kids were just running around. Like it was it was just your typical sure. Like, it was madness, but everything still had like tons of like everything was still mandated as far as like you can only have so many people sure. in a in a store at a time or so. Like all the lines for everything was super. Oh yeah, super. Shopping long. sucks. Yeah. So, so like if you want to go to there's an outlet mall there, you mm-hmm. got to wait. 10 minutes in line before you get to go in the store, mm-hmm. which isn't a big deal, but still, like, every place has a fucking line. Yeah. I, I hate waiting in line because I'm not a fucking cow.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I, you're not in the military. I just hate being treated like cattle. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I
0: hate waiting in line to, like, purchase something, mm-hmm. like, unless it's whiskey. Then yeah. I'll, then I'll wait in line for hours. Then I'll wait in the middle of fucking December for six Abs- hours. Absolutely. In the sub-zero weather. Mm-hmm. It was fun for the kids. It was, we had fun too, but man, I understand. Where my stepdad is coming from now? Like I remember as a kid going to these places, like staying in a hotel, and my stepdad would just be a complete asshole. Yeah, like you fucking kids are ungrateful. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. the kids do is yeah. complain. Uh huh. And it's not like they're—I think all kids complain. It's like oh, no matter what. Yeah. Like, oh, we're gonna do this, do that. And then he's like, 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 dude, I'm spending a lot of money on this. Don't, don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. But like now, I see why my dad was such
1: a an asshole
0: back then like oh, i get it now
1: i would argue so when i was growing up we used to go to adventureland all the time because i'm an iowa kid and the the movie about adventureland is actually pretty good adventureland um, um anyway so What's my mom the Movie called adventureland <laughs> of course it is <laughs> quite literally it's about a bunch of people that just smoke a lot of weed in I uh, like the 80s or 90s and work at adventureland and it's it's probably very very true to form of what it was like back then but my mom would just let us go run wild yeah i just i'd have free reign to just go my mom wasn't a helicopter mom whatsoever and just you go and have fun well so. that's how it was back in the 80s probably have a lot of stressful for her and just like all right go mm-hmm. that's my mom. if i see you tonight it's a bonus <laughs> my mom would
0: drop us off at noah's ark mm-hmm. like it'd be like nine o'clock or whenever they would open she would dump us off give us money to get in mm-hmm. and like maybe like five bucks for food or something maybe that sure and like, there you go, we'll, we'll pick you up at dinner time. Yeah. And when you're sitting there for six, seven hours, that's a long fucking time. Yeah. Like, you do everything, you're like, all right. And then you're like, I'm getting kind of hungry. You know, like, you want a slice. you know, like, you got five bucks. Like, you don't have any water. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to buy a water. A is two bucks. And a slice of pizza is three bucks. Yep. Well, there you go, you got a slice of pizza and a bottle of water.
1: We also come from the generation where malls had uh, video arcades. And like, my mom would give me like $5 and oh, just yeah. get a bunch of quarters and just leave me there. <laughs> Like yeah. she could, she might not even been in the mall at the time. Who knows? She could have been. She probably went home and just like, ah, I'm gonna go back and get him at some point. Just I'm gonna decide when. <laughs> yeah, this is this is nice. It's nice <laughs> and quiet. That's what I used to be like. I couldn't imagine like even let my kids out of my sight. Yeah, it's um, not a thing now. Yeah, it's it's so different. Like, so, we, we even I'm the helicopter mom.
0: Yeah, like in our in our hotel, like in the we're on the third floor. On the first floor, there was an ice cream like vending machine, mm-hmm. and the boys are bitching about wanting ice cream, like. Here's some money. Go down there and get yourself a fucking ice cream sandwich or whatever. Yeah,
1: We don't want to go. <laughs>
0: you can go. Yeah, good time. So I think summer in Wisconsin, it's not quite here yet, but it's it's knocking on the door for sure. Yeah. So.
1: I'm, I'm more willing to get my kids out the door and just say, go. Go do stuff. Yeah, go ride your bike. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: we live in, I would say, a pretty safe neighborhood. It's almost
1: a gated community. It's pretty damn close. Yes. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to the summertime and... Oh yeah, stuff. So. I can grow some more frog legs. <laughs> I sent uh, you and Joe those pictures. I sent Barbara Richard the. So I cooked frog legs. So we uh, food porn. Food porn. Yeah, literally. We food do a thing porn. called food porn with each other. Yep. Um, this boy, was, this was exceptionally <laughs> pornographic. Very, very. Yeah, uh, it probably have to be edited if it was on social media. But um, so we were in festival and my cousin was with me and we're gonna make some tacos and I was gonna go all out and do some nice fish tacos. Chicken tacos and beef tacos, and just just make some really good stuff. And mm-hmm. we're sitting there looking at the halibut, and I was like, "Oh, right, I'll, I'll get I get a pound and a half of that, Yeah, just for the halibut, just for the halibut." Um, but then I seen some frog legs, some big ass frog legs sitting there, and they were there wasn't like a single leg; it was very precarious and just sitting there in a very vulnerable position. This two legs in the butt, <laughs> just Man, they were they were thick, just, just kind of sitting there, and it's like, well. What do those taste like? And the guy, like, no one's buying them. The, the, the the case is just freaking full of them. I'm going to post a picture of it. I was like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) See if we get taken down or not. (laughs) Um, so we, we bought two of them and I'm just like, I just, I don't, I don't even want to try these, but I want to make them and just kind of see what it's like. So I smoked them for two hours. Uh, they weren't bad. The calf muscle is if you've ever had a walleye cheeks before, I definitely compare them to that. And then smoking the actual, like, the, the the thigh muscles and the the butt muscles, it's still it's still a little fishy, still a little. It wasn't stringy at all, but I'd do it again. Yeah, maybe. I, I feel like a quick sear would be better for those. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So,
0: well, you you were ballsy enough to try them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's wait till they're in the discounted meat section. <laughs>
1: no, you don't want fucking buy <laughs> discounted frog legs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're gonna die. You're gonna. You're gonna get COVID twenty. That's how. That's how COVID twenty freaking starts right there. Oh, there's a new pandemic for fucking 2021 because Neil bought the two two week old freaking frog legs from Festival. Oh, I'm gonna buy these. They expire tomorrow. Fucking buy them and smoke them, and then well, there we go. It'll be in the news. Instead of a bat, it's a fucking frog. New York Times,
0: full figured bearded man from Wisconsin <laughs> buys close to date frog legs.
1: We're, we're all quarantined with fucking COVID-20 because <laughs> Neil is getting all hot and horny behind the freaking frog legs. <laughs> Fuck you, Neil.
0: <laughs> Heady to those damn frog legs. What are we going to do next week? Let's talk about... I don't fucking know. Next I'm, I'm going
1: to drink a little bit more of the 12-year yep. while you talk about next week. Tell me a little bit 12-year. That's just that's, that's so good. This is my third glass of 12-year, and I've had one glass of the, the bottle and bond. So So we have been doing
0: a pretty good run on stuff we did. We did an unpeated scotch show last week. Next week let's do a let's do a peated scotch show. I'm game. Let's do like the the peatiest of the peat. The peatiest of the peat. The
1: actual pediest of the peat.
0: Yeah, well, let's do it as fucking peaty as we can. Well, I think
1: it's arguably the most peated whiskey ever. Is it even arguable? Like the super peats and the other whatever peats out there because this is 167 parts big, per million big peats yeah so this is octomore
0: this is octomore this is edition
1: 6.1 right and this is this came off at the the recommendation of one of the instagram influencers out there and uh she claims that there's a cult falling for it and i believe it because there is a secondary market for that bottle so
0: and we're gonna drink it next week with you guys. So next week, we'll do the Octomore. Well, thanks for listening today, everybody. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen so you get the updates for the new shows which we try to do every Tuesday.
1: You got anything else, Christopher? I don't. I know Joe keeps on texting me. Joe, hopefully you listen to the show and uh, you'll, you'll be here with us in a few weeks again. Jelly so, Joe. Jelly Joe. He's got the FOMO.
0: Cheers to him and cheers to you guys and we'll see you next week. Cheers.